The Weather Lounge podcast is brought to you by Crew Tracker Software. This is the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. Hi there, everyone, and thank you very much for joining us again here in the Weather Lounge. If you're new to our podcast, a very special welcome from all of us. I'm your host, meteorologist Brad Miller, and our podcast comes to you from our Weatherworks headquarters located in Hackettstown, New Jersey, made possible by Crew Tracker Software. And joining me here in the Weather Lounge, as always, is my sporty, ninja-like co-host, meteorologist Mike Mahalik. Hello there, Mike. I don't know what you're going with this, but I mean, I know where you're going with this, but these ninja-like stuff, uh, I am not even close uh, (laughs) to that uh, a level uh, to be called a ninja, um, but I, I do appreciate you know you giving me that uh, you know little bit of uh, morale booster I should call it. Yeah, well you're you're quick and nimble on your feet, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe I used to be a few years ago, but maybe not as uh, uh, not as well this year. Um, but anyway. Um, the introduction is a bit fitting, though, because uh, we have a special guest today that may fit the descriptions a lot better than me, that's for sure. And uh, he's not just a meteorologist, but he's also an American ninja warrior. Yeah, this is a first here uh, on the Weather Lounge. His name is Joe Morofsky. For those of you who have watched American Ninja Warrior on NBC, will know him quite well. He's competed on the show 10 times since 2013, and he's been titled The Last Ninja Standing in 2014 and 2017, as well as competed three times with Team USA in the Team Ninja Warrior competition. Joe is a manager at Stanford Ninja Academy in Connecticut, and also he's working as a freelance television meteorologist on News 12 in Connecticut. So uh, again, uh, a lot to talk about here in this uh, week's podcast. So before we get into that, though, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll bring on Joe Morovsky, American Ninja Warrior. Stay with us. Since 2004, Crew Tracker Software has enabled snow and ice management companies to save time, money, and resources with their comprehensive digital services platform. All the information needed to plan your operations and make business decisions is current and always available. Along with QuickBooks, Crew Tracker Software provides seamless integration with WeatherWorks certified snowfall totals. Visit CrewTracker.com to rock your game and learn how Crew Tracker Software makes managing snow and ice simple. Take advantage of the SIMA Show Special $500 discount and White Glove Startup Service offer. And welcome back, everyone. As mentioned before the break, our guest today is the American Ninja Warrior himself, Joe Morofsky, a.k.a. The Weatherman. And Joe, thank you so much for visiting the Weather Lounge podcast. Thank you guys for having me so much. Yeah, it's it's always funny when I uh, do these sorts of things with other fellow meteorologists, because for me to be called The Weatherman, it, I, feel, I feel bad because it's like... <laughs> You think of Al Roker, he's the weatherman, right? And you, now you think of Joe Morofsky, and he's the weatherman. I'm like, come on, I don't have to be the only weatherman here. Uh, but it's a cool one. It's a cool one for Ninja because, um, you know, it kind of sets you apart. That's, that's your nickname is your nickname. That's the big, uh, that, that kind of makes you who you are. And, you know, years ago, I ended up breaking an obstacle on the course. And uh, that kind of started the whole thing off. They were like, the weatherman, did you see that weatherman that broke the course back in 20, you know, so. Uh, that's where it all started. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. This is exciting. Right. I mean, that's, hey, I'd rather have that nickname than some others that maybe people <laughs> have had in the past, but... Uh, Could be worse. Have any nicknames there, Brad? Not that I can share. Uh, <laughs> we want to keep this as, uh, you know, PG as we can. <laughs> okay. Family friendly. Here we go. So um, so this is going to be, Joe, your your. 10th appearance here on American Ninja Warrior. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. 10 seasons. Um, and you know, the, the one time I didn't really get to compete in Vegas was the one year that we had COVID. So, um, you know, 10, 10 for 10 moving on to Vegas, but you know, as we know, uh, tough one this year, but we, you know, we can get to that a little bit later. Well, we'll get over to the Ninja Warrior questions here in a little bit. Um, but let's let's talk about the weather aspect first. Of course, you're a meteorologist. You know, what got you going into weather? And then, of course, down the road, what led you into American Ninja Warrior? Well, 
I, I got to ask you guys almost after I answer this, but you know, I was in third grade. I still remember I was in third grade and I told Sounds my teacher, very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I told my teacher, you know, I think we were doing some sort of like career based questions. Like what would you want to be when you get older? And I couldn't make up my mind. I knew I wanted to be a professional athlete. Like my father was an amazing baseball player and I knew that I had a shot. I knew there was athleticism in my family. Um, <clears throat> I just didn't know how far it would take me. And I wanted to be a weatherman. It was so strange. Like what third grader says, and that's why I want to <laughs> you know, take it over to you guys here, but what kind of third grader wants to be a weatherman? But I knew what I wanted to do. I'm very blessed because a lot of people like my wife, for example, she didn't know what she wanted to do for the longest time. Um, and some people like my, my sister, she still doesn't even know what she wants to do. So, you know, it's, and it's just not something that happens, I feel like, often. Um, and that's kind of how I got into it. Um, I think the coolest part of the whole story is, I think it was, I had just graduated high school and I was at my graduation party and we had this, uh, you know, midsummer thunderstorm roll through and I'm talking to one of my aunts on the front deck of my parents' house, <clears throat> talking about meteorology, my future. I don't know if I want to do it um, just because I just was unsure. You know, it's a life change. It's, a, it's, a, it's the next chapter of my life. And I just had all these doubts. And all of a sudden, before the rain even starts, you can hear like thunder in the distance. I, guys, I swear to you, okay? You ready for this? I wish I had a rain camera on the front of the house. Yeah. Oh, no. Lightning. Ball lightning. Oh, really? <laughs> comes down the street in front of the house and blows up in front of the house. I, I, it happened so fast, but I saw a ball of lightning, or it had to have been lightning. I don't know what else it could have been. And it just explodes and gives that thunderous roar. And I was like, okay. You know, I, and I'm a believer in God. I was like, you know what, God? I got the hint. Thank you. So <laughs> went into meteorology, and uh, it's, it's so incredibly funny how everything has come to fruition. Here I am, Joe Morofsky, the weatherman. So right. Everything happens for that's, a reason, right? That's crazy that you actually saw ball lightning. I had to look it up. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I think at the time, because it was such a rare, it still is, you know, such a rare weather phenomenon. It's, it's almost like one of those things where, you know, some scientists aren't even sure if it's a thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's still kind of questioned. Um, but I got to say, um, years ago, a couple of years ago, I saw what I thought might've been ball lightning also. Um, but it wasn't as close as what you're describing. This was far off in the distance, maybe about five miles or so where there's a mountain, uh, near my house. And, uh, I swear to you that there was a, it was a thunderstorm around and light showed up on top of the mountain and I'm looking at it. I'm going like, well, it's not an airplane. It's still sitting there. It was a, it was a, and it just kind of sat there for a while and then eventually just kind of, you know, went away. And I was like, I think that was it. <laughs> um, but I wasn't quite sure. And then I was like questioning whether or not I was just seeing things and going crazy in my head, of course. But, uh, um, anyway, um, it's, it's interesting. Well, how old were you? How old were you when this happened? Oh, you're going to date me now. Um, no, it's, uh, this might've been a few years ago. So I might've been like, uh, 38, 39. Okay, okay. I was going like to say this happened to me when I was like 18 years old. And back then I, I trusted my, my mind a little more than I do now. Three <laughs> kids. And if I saw that now, I probably would have been in your boat and been like, uh, maybe I made that up. Maybe I wanted to see that. Right. You know, and that's, that's the thing where I was at too, because I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm an experienced meteorologist now. I, I've been doing this for years and years and years. And I'm thinking like, did I actually just see that? Like, is that really a thing? You know? So it, it was, it was definitely um, an interesting experience. Yeah. I think everyone has a, has a story like that. Uh, even when you were younger or even, even as you got older too, there's always some kind of weather event even a storm, of course, but you know, there's sometimes, uh, you know, like, like the ball lightning, I mean, that, that's incredible. I mean, that's yeah. It's, it always seems to be with almost every meteorologist that I talk to, there's always something that triggers their interest and their career path going forward. Like for me, it was a lot of the blizzards that we experienced here in the Northeast. Um, that really got me going. I, I, I know one event really, 
um, confused me because at the time I didn't understand how uh, freezing rain and sleet could happen. And and because, you know, it was snowing like crazy and then it started changing to sleet and then it was freezing rain and it was 19 degrees. And I'm going, how is this even possible? (laughs) You know, and at the time I just didn't know because I was I was too young. Um, and of course, when my snow turned to rain, it was, it was very disappointing when you were, you know, maybe, you know, nine or 10 years old. (laughs) It was, it was like, oh my God. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it seems like everybody does have, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a snowstorm, um, you know, whatever might've got them interested. I mean, and you grew up in, in Connecticut, right, Joe, you're talking about raised. Yeah, Yeah, I I was born and raised in Jersey. Mike's born and raised in Pennsylvania. So I think that Northeast kind of I-95 corridor, I think there's a lot of meteorologists because of a lot of the weather events they witnessed when they were growing up. It's always an exciting uh, time living up here. We we literally experience all the weather, um, you know, known to man pretty much. I'm not sure if you mentioned where you went to school for meteorology, but I didn't know if you want to kind of take us down that road. And then how does meteorology turn into ninja warrior <laughs> because that's a quite a shift yeah, it's not that is. something related you know it's it's quite interesting so kind of what makes my story so unique i think but um <clears throat> so i uh born and raised in connecticut definitely a fair family oriented man um you know i didn't want to move too far away from the family I, I just i don't know i know a lot of people that um couldn't wait to get out of Connecticut. You know, college comes around and um, they're like, I'm out of here, you know. But um, for me, I just wanted to stay local. Uh, so I looked into UConn, but I realized UConn didn't have uh, any big meteorology program and Westcon did. And I was like, oh, well, Westcon's 35 minutes from my house. Like, that sounds fine. So went over there. Um, <clears throat> uh, who was it? Dr. Mel put that program together back in the day and, uh, program's been just growing and growing every year. So I got my degree in broadcast meteorology from Westcon. Uh, I think most of us almost minored in mathematics at that point, but I minored in math. Um, and I think from there, you know, I, I was looking for a job. And what ended up happening was I met my, my wife, my, my wife in college, um, and she was working in a gymnastics gym. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, I've always been athletic. I grew up playing basketball, baseball, soccer, um, you know, high school varsity sports. Um, and in college I tried out for the baseball team and I was on the bubble to make it. Um, but we had a game on Easter and once again, that family oriented self of mine, I I just was like, I want to go to the, my, like, I didn't know we had games on Easter. So I just wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared mentally to let go of that. And so I, I told the coach, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm going to make the tough choice and just, I'm going to go with, with the family. And he was like, well, you, you know what that's going to mean then? And I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, so everything happens for a reason, as, as I firmly believe. And walked away from baseball, stepped into the gymnastics world a little bit where my, my girlfriend, now wife, uh, was. And my, my ninja career pretty much started with the gymnastics because she ended up getting a different job at a gym locally uh, here in Connecticut, in Newtown. It's called Vasi's Gymnastics, um, where I ended up working for nine years. Vasi was a, I mean, he's still an amazing athlete and he's in his 40s already, but he's like, he could do things I couldn't even believe still. Um, he taught me pretty much everything I knew about flipping and all this good stuff. Um, but one of his students was on American Ninja Warrior. And yes, and so at, my, at Vasi's birthday party, you know, back when he was turning 35 or whatever it was, 34, uh, Matt, the guy that was there, that was on the show, Matt was there. Uh, his name is Matt Mings. Uh, he, didn't, he made it to Vegas, but he just barely got through. Like, he's, he, was, he was an amazing athlete, of course, but, you know, back season four, season five, the courses were a lot easier. So as long as you were a good athlete, you didn't really need good cliffhanger strength or rock climbing strength or uh, technical prowess because there wasn't any need for it yet. Um, <clears throat> so him being as le- athletic as he was, he made it through to Vegas and then failing on stage one. But I talked to him for like a good hour that night. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, sure enough, 
graduated college and it was a semester late. So I finished in, in, uh, in December and in March, I found out they were going to be filming Ninja Warrior. And I was like, you know what? We're going to take a break from applying to all these new stations. I'm going to train for the show. And here I am. Today. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, you know, that makes perfect sense. You know, that, that you had that, you know, initial, you know, exposure to it at the, at the gym. And then, you know, just kind of went from there. Yeah, I'll tell you, gymnastics, my sister uh, was an elite gymnast. Um, she uh, went to University of Georgia, full scholarship, the whole nine yards, almost got on the Olympic team. Yeah, she was, and I can just tell what it took to even make it in gymnastics. I mean, she was homeschooled for the last, like, four years through high school, basically. And, I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know, what those gymnasts are, and as good as they are. And just, I, I've seen my sister compete a long time ago. And it, I just, like, I don't know how, you know, it, they could be that good at what they do. And, and then, you know, with the ninja stuff, I mean, just the body, what the body can do is amazing is what I'm kind of saying here, but, uh, and, and to see that. So Brad, uh, your, your, your sister was a elite level gymnastics. Yeah. So w- w- what happened on your side? Uh, well, you know <laughs> no, what? I'm I'm kind of, I, I, no, no, I did take a, I, I'm, I'm not as successful as Joe as, as what I took up as a hobby, but actually when I got done with college, I went the golf route for a while. That's right. And I moved down South actually for golf and, uh, I just became an assistant pro and never a touring pro, but I mean, I'm still a pretty good golfer. I was scratched for a while. I'm not that good now, but, um, as you get older, but yeah, same thing, family, you know, don't put yourself around. down too much. You are <laughs> well, uh, same a thing. pretty excellent golfer, let me yeah, tell you, know, compared but... to somebody like me who's hacking around yeah, but... trying to break 100 every time. <laughs> yeah, but as good as I am, there's there's the guys on tour 10 times better, and it just goes to show how good they are and how, how well they you know can perform at their sport. But same thing, you know, family came around, the kids uh, got out of golf and went back into weather full time. So that was uh, the whole thing. So uh enough about my uh my lousy life but <laughs> so i was i was interested uh joe um you know i've been into you know weight training i've been i've done crossfit in the past i i've i've you know i've done just endurance and stuff like that i mean i'm not in the type of shape i used to be but i have a lot of experience in that neighborhood so how does how does that compare for training for ninja warrior and to something like that, that you would typically see like anybody in the, in the gym weight training or a CrossFit gym or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I kind of started off kind of how you're, you know, what you're doing. Um, you know, I wasn't really doing obstacles. I was just getting stronger body coordination, calisthenics. Um, <clears throat> and back in the day, you know, season five, six, seven, you probably could have got away with that, but now it's so much more intense. Um, you have to be working on, like with my water bottle here, vertical grip where you're hanging from obstacles like this, where you're building as much swing as you can, trying not to slip down the nunchuck. There's little grabs that you'll be, you know, you'll be putting your fingers through little slots this big. And like, if you miss the slot, you punch the obstacle and you're done. Like there's such a, a technical side now to these uh, ninja obstacles. Um, but CrossFit and Honestly, any sport is going to help you with Ninja. I like to cross train. I, I was just playing basketball on Friday. Um, I was swimming. I was uh, sprinting. I was doing a whole bunch of different things. Um, I love playing baseball. I, I play golf. I just started, actually. Um, just had lessons on Saturday for the first time because I want to get into it more. I just bought a set of clubs. And uh, my first, first time out, shot a 120. It was terrible. And then the second time out, shot like a 105. And I was like, all right, all right. Somewhere. Yeah. You got to start uh, somewhere. I, well, the, the, you know, my, the person I went to see, she's a LPGA tour. Um, I end up, I, I'm coaching a guy uh, at the gym that I'm working at right now. His, um, his, I mean, he's a PGA tour golfer and his daughter's at the gym. So he hooked me up with his friend and she, she helped me out, but she said, I'm very athletic. That's why I'm able to hit. So well, I was well. going to say you, yeah, you would, the hand-eye coordination. Yeah. The hand-eye coordination, the flexibility, it just all goes hand in hand with golf. And you probably, especially playing baseball and all that, it, it just is very natural. I'm sure. She said she sees the trend, you know, how it kind of helps me get to what I'm doing, but the form was bad. So we started working on like, all right, left shoulder over the right knee, follow through right knee into the left knee, like make sure we rebound after your shot. Like there was a lot of different things that I didn't know. And 
needed because I want to play more, but I, I don't want to play more and get worse for him. I know it's better to correct it now. Um, but, you know, all these different types of sports that I do help me in Ninja. The hand-eye coordination helps trying to get into the slots, although, unfortunately, I've missed quite a few obstacles like that in the, in the recent past, a little small, because my one hand is higher than the other just by an inch, literally all, just an inch, and you miss, and you're done. I, I think the most impressive things I see on the mirror, I, you got to have, like, incredible core strength for that stuff, for anything you do. You know, what's interesting, I never work core because I'm always engaging it on every obstacle. Oh, okay. So That's you're true. right. Core strength is, is probably the most um, overlooked muscle group that's being used all the time. All the time. Like, I, I have a six-pack. I mean, it's covered up a little bit, but uh, not just with the <laughs> shirt, if you know what I mean. My, mine's in the fridge right now. Yeah. I'm waiting, <laughs> for my, I'm waiting for my shift to end. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, but, you know... The, the abs have been there and I, I kind of like joke about it with myself. I'm like, man, I'm still, I still have a six pack under the little flab that I got going on. And I, I'm like, wow, Ninja really does uh, constantly work the core because of the, all the twisting you're doing, all the pulling and the knees got to come to the chest. Um, it's all, you do it all the time, all the time. Well, yeah. And I mean, you have to be exact, you know, where you're placing your hands, like you said, on when you're flying through the air. So you have to have that body control in order to hit that spot just right, you know, so, so I can see where that's probably, you know, besides grip strength, you know, it, it might be one of the, one of the most important things to have. Yeah. Well, the the whole other side of it is the mental aspect. And I, I always like to, uh, to say that that's where meteorology comes in. Oh, I see. Uh, aside from the, aside from the physics and understanding how obstacles move, right. If I, if I take, uh, I don't even have anything right now, but like if I take the obstacle that's preloaded and I touch the obstacle, it's going to swing. And I know the period is going to be an X amount of time. You know, there's all these other things that I'm thinking about when I'm, uh, you know, dissecting thermodynamics at its finest for you. Right. Um, but meteorology, aside from the physics, I think what makes me so good on my first try is going live on, on air. Right. You go live on air. You got one try. Like, it's not like, all right, let's cut. No, it's not. You know, we're not re doing a reporting like a news story. <laughs> like this is live on air. And I think even to this day, there's still nothing more scary for me. Like if I had to pick something uh, than like going live cold off commercial or something, because I never liked that. <laughs> you hear the music and it's just yeah. right on you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on meteorologist. Joe like I just. I don't know why that is so much scarier than, all right, Joe, five, four, three, two, one, go. And you're off on a ninja course. Right. I, I don't know. Even though there's millions of people watching ninja and only tens of thousands watch me on the news, it's ninja is easier for me. I don't know what it is. No, you know, everybody, everybody, uh, I know has their different opinions, I suppose. I mean, I don't know how Brad handled, uh, going live on, on air as a meteorologist like that. I think, I think one of the things that when I first got into the, to the TV side of things, um, the chief I worked for always told me, you know what? Yeah, you're live, but if something really goes wrong, step out of camera, just move out of camera. You can still show maps. You can still have your audio. You can still talk, but if things are going really bad, move away. Don't look like a fool on camera and i like that i like that <laughs> yeah so just you know roll with the punches as much as you can but if things are really going bad just move off camera and and it, it works sometimes it, it means a lot of times i've forgotten to load my show in oh <laughs> i'm, my I'm usually pretty good about that stuff and i'll have it i'll usually ready to go oh, no. and i'll forget to hit play and i get to the green screen and you know come out of commercial and clicking it and nothing's happening so i gotta move out so i hit play while i'm talking because i i'm live i gotta Keep you can't just have silence. They'll kill you for that. The producer, you don't go. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had something similar happen to me. Um, you know, once again, I was a freelance, so you know, I yeah, I wasn't in all the time. So of course, when something goes wrong, I panic because I'm not used to the protocol and all that other stuff. Um, but I had my show, all my shows freeze on the computer, and I know oh. that you're supposed to go in the back that reset and all that stuff. But we were a minute from going live, and I'm like, all right. I'm just going to keep hitting play and hope and nothing was happening. So I left it 
nothing's happening. And I'm like, at this point, I don't even know if I'm hitting the right one of my shows, if it was A, B, or C, or D, um, one of the blocks there. And I ended up hitting B when it was supposed to be C, long weather. Um, but either way, it's not loading. And then all of a sudden, I hear you know, them in my ear, they're like, all right, Joe, you got to get to your, your mark. Get to your mark. I'm like, my show is, my show is not working. So um, <laughs> the camera goes to the mark, but I'm not there. And all of a sudden, you just see, whoop. <laughs> And I yeah. just come flying in and the anchors are like, hey, you're like a ninja over there, Joe, huh? I was like, yeah. Nah, <laughs> yeah had that one coming, didn't I? And sure enough, yeah. I'm like, yeah, guys, sorry. My, my show is frozen. Oh, there it goes. Look at that. And sh- sure enough, it worked. I couldn't believe it. But halfway through the show, I found out it was the, the wrong weather. And I ended up having to just off, off memory give the seven right. day, which was kind yeah. of a pain. But thankfully, you know, you know, you study it enough when you're putting it together to kind of know the weather story. Um, but that was that was interesting. I'm sure they liked that, getting to throw the little ninja in there. Well, the good thing is, is that the ninja course doesn't disappear <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like or, your show. Or does it? Maybe one day. Oh, it might. There's I an mean, obstacle, it, actually. There's um, a show, I should say. It was, uh, man, what was it called? It was on Netflix, I think. And I wanted to try out for it. And they called me back, but they said, I can't do both. I can't do ninja and the next Netflix thing, which is dumb, by the way, because... It was a conflict? Netflix. It should be different. Anyway, it was called. I know, because it was a conflict of interest? Or? Yeah. Yeah, it's on the oh, tip geez. of my tongue. Anyway, they had an obstacle where it was a rock climbing Squid wall. With games? <laughs> no. Uh, it was a rock climbing wall, but, you know, it wasn't just traditional rock climbing holds. It was, like, square cutouts of things, like, like you're grabbing on something like that, uh, but they were, they were magnetized. And they had a button, so it would remove the magnet from the back, and the hold would fall off the wall. It would disappear. Oh. And so you had to move fast because the holds were falling off the wall. It's really cool. Oh. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but it, it doesn't matter. It was a um, really cool idea. So, hey, you never know. Disappearing obstacles might happen. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. We're already into the world of like obstacles that move on command when you hit a button. So I don't see why the progression wouldn't be obstacles that disappear. If you will. Yeah, and it does seem like they are getting harder and harder. I, from when I first saw the show, it was like the salmon ladder was like the hardest thing to do, or something, or or maybe the warped wall, or something like that. But now there's stuff that's on the show that I, I'm just thinking to myself, how how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you even navigate this thing? You know, do they give you some practice uh, on the course before? A lot of people don't know this, but I don't know the course until about the day before. Um, I fly oh, wow. out. I like to fly out two days before because I like to see the course or at least try to see right. the course. If they build it outside, like in Vegas, I'll get there three days before so I can at least, you know, walk down the street and look through the fence and kind of get an idea of what maybe we're, we're going to be looking at. Um, but you never really know until you're there because once you're there, then you see the obstacles being used and you're like, oh, it doesn't work how I thought it was going to work. That's how it works. So, I mean, do they give you time to practice? I mean, do you have like, like a golf before a tournament, you have a chance to practice the course, but you don't. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. It's a one and done. That's why I said meteorology. I never do that. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's, you know, being live on air versus your first try on a ninja course. It's kind of similar. Yeah. So I guess it would be better then to not go first and Absolutely. watch other people and how they are handling things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, but it's kind of a. It gets to a point where it's it's not it's situational. So in Vegas, for example, and for most of the times we're filming, we film overnight most of the time. So if you run first, it's actually kind of nice because it's like ten o'clock at night and you're not dead tired. Um, but the downside is you don't get to see a lot of people run, if any. Um, thankfully, I've never run first. I think the earliest I've ever run was seven. Um, and that was a city finals course. There was only top 30 left. So seven out of 30 wasn't awful. It was, you know, top third. But um, <clears throat> you don't really get to see a lot of people run. Um, in Vegas, you know, for filming overnight, and let's say I'm running last, well, great, I get to see everybody run, but I'm running at 5 a.m. And that's awful, uh, especially when you're up all night. So there are pros and cons. So I, I guess Las Vegas is the is – the- place to do it because of the weather i mean not too many weather issues obviously though this past summer i mean there's been several floods which is very uh rare but yeah has weather ever impacted the show other than you know rain i mean have it like fog or like wind 
temperature, I guess, the heat too, maybe. Yeah, I think one year in Colorado, uh, they had this cold front come through and they had snow at the top of the warped wall. And so they actually built a snowman and they, you know, it was sitting up there. Uh, I think they took it down for the sh- for showtime. They cleaned everything off. Um, but it snowed one time. Uh, we had ice on obstacles when I was competing uh, back in season seven. Wow. I think. That was tough. <laughs> that was well, not yeah, tough. I, I was I would say because, I mean, with anything, if it's cold outside, you know, your grip is, is harder. You know, it, just like if, you know, you have experience playing baseball, if it's cold playing baseball and, and you don't hit it on the sweet spot, it stings oh, yeah, your it hands stings. really bad. You know, I played football and, you know, get your hand hit between helmets or something when it's cold. I mean, forget it. So I I, I can't imagine, you know, what it's like to try to use cold obstacles and it's got to be difficult correct yeah i i always preferred it cold i don't know why i think it's just because uh the sweat kind of evaporated a little bit easier uh for me um and i think a lot of people hated it honestly a lot of people hated the cold and because of that and because i was just kind of neutral to it it made me like it a little more because if everyone else hates it i'm doing better than everyone else and that's good so <laughs> sure you got an advantage you know exactly and there's a lot of mind uh trickery going on i suppose to my to myself um but that's kind of how i work you know if, if everyone's freaking out about one obstacle and i'm kind of like okay about it well then i'm doing better than everyone else before i even get on the obstacle so it's a good way to boost my confidence i don't know it's a weird way to do it maybe but it works right but being a, called the weatherman, I mean, I'm sure there had to be times when people asked you your opinion on what the conditions are going to be, you know, because that happens to any meteorologist, you know, uh, we're, we're expected to know what's happening in California and also <laughs> happening in your backyard. Yeah, but that, that's his advantage. Why would you give away information like that? He's a meteorologist. <laughs> I'm, I'm not telling you what that's going to be like. I like that. That's funny. Uh, it has happened quite a bit, actually. Never from the executives. They have their own in-house meteorologists that they somehow trust more than me. No. Um, but either way, I, I two times, uh, one in Philadelphia, we had a, a system coming through. And I was like, guys, we got, we got 10 minutes. And I'm telling the producers, I'm like, you got 10 minutes. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. I'm like, sure you do. And then, uh, <laughs> sure enough, I'm walking up to the starting line. I'm like, there's no way I get my running. I was just looking at radar scope. Like, there's not a chance I get this in. And they're like, hype me up. I'm like, guys, like, it's start. I could see the drops. And then sure enough. And I was like, well, the weather, man, I guess it's fitting. But uh, because of that, it was supposed to rain nonstop for the next two days. So they ended up moving the last 12 competitors from that night to the next region, which happened to be in Minnesota. So they flew me out to Minnesota, which was nice. But. To be able to be standing on the starting line and then get canceled is really annoying. All right. Um, mm. so, and my whole family came out, so you know it was it was a it was a big pain. Um, but yeah, it's happened quite a bit. So, so the way that they they I guess for lack of a better word they weed down to get to Vegas is it just like a like the U.S. Open and I guess we can compare that to golf where you, you start with a regional and a sectional then you get to the finals. I mean. So it starts off as a regional qualifier where the top 100 or so athletes will, you know, try to beat the course essentially, but they'll take top 30 to the uh, city finals, regional finals. And then from the top 30 out of each region, usually it's four to five regions. It depends on the year. Like post COVID, it's been uh, four regions and they'll take top 15. Um, so that ends up being roughly 60 to, and then they have extra, you know, they have women from each region. So it ends up being like 80 or so ninjas. But, you know, back when we first, when I first started, it was more like a hundred ninjas, um, in Vegas, you know, a hundred of the best of the best. So it's, it's definitely the finals, the Vegas finals. Um, but that's kind of how they break it down. So Joe, we, we talked about how, um, it works to get to the finals of Ninja Warrior, but what's some of your most memorable moments? I mean, there's gotta be a ton um, of experience you've had over the years, but I mean, what, what's up on the top of the list? Um, I would say the most positive memorable moment, because there are (laughs) plenty of memorable moments uh, was probably when I broke the rumbling dice season six, my second season on the show, 
It was on the back half of a course in the city finals. And it was this big square tube that you had to roll down a track. Um, obviously, squares don't roll very well. So you had to grab the bottom left and the top right corner and you would turn it. So now you're top left, bottom right, and then you would switch your hands and do it again. <clears throat> and you would constantly roll this square down a track. And I had found out by watching how the obstacle worked, and this is where I like the, the physics and everything, right? Start thinking about, well, if the rules are you have to get from the box to the landing platform, why am I even rolling it? Why don't I just slide it? And they were like, well, you can't slide it, but if it slides while it's rolling, that's fine. You can't do anything about that. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, hey, as long as that's the rule, I wasn't going to say anything. So I'm up there and I'm building a lot of swing. And as I go to turn it, I use that swing to slide down the track. And after the fourth roll, right as the fourth roll happens, my swing, so let's say I'm going towards camera here. My swing, instead of going this way, was doing this. I was a, uh -huh. little, a oh. little circular because my hands, instead of being like this, my hands were like this. So every uh. time I turned, I was off center slightly. Mm. So the circular swing started to happen. And as I go, go to roll it, there, it was on a track, but the track was like this. So it, it would roll on the top of my hand here, and it would roll along the side of a safety wall. It was like a two-inch high wall that the obstacle would just roll along down the track just for safety so it wouldn't fall off the track, or so we thought. I ended up rolling the rumbling dice off the track. I fell with this 110-pound metal obstacle till the safety straps caught it. It made it look like it was wedged between the truss, so it was, it was insane looking. You're like, what the heck? And I somehow held on through the whole process. I'm hanging down closer to the water now. The thing's off the track, and I'm like, what, do I, what am I going to do? And I look over to the platform, and it's within reach. So I start building my swing, and I lache off, and I land. And I was freaking out. I'm like throwing my hand at the thing. like, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out. The crowd's going crazy. And it yeah, was, I was going to say, the crowd's probably going nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was my first viral video. And, and uh, it, it literally, that's the world was like, all right, we know who the weatherman is now. This is awesome. And it actually, it was the one year where – um, I feel like Ninja really blew up. Season six, we had the first amazing, I mean, we've had a ton of amazing athletes, but the first like of the elite, elite Ninja women, Casey Catanzaro, who's now doing WWE. Yeah, um, yeah. That rings it was bell. just, you know, her and my, uh, her and I, her and, it was our season. <laughs> it was our season. We're not, um, we're not grammatically uh, correct on this, so we're okay. Yeah, it's all right. I'm not, I'm not going to try. It was our season that year. It was just our season. That was my first year. I went last ninja standing too. So I beat everybody in the country. Um, <clears throat> so it was a really good year. Uh, definitely the most memorable moment to date. Yeah, I mean, especially with breaking the thing and somehow coming out on top. I mean, it's still on YouTube, I the... think. You should check it out. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, well, yeah, we I'm should sure. definitely look that one up. I'm sure, I'm for sure the crowd, like you said, was uh, they, they, they love it when things like go wrong on shows, I'm sure. And like, you know, Things break. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, speaking of YouTube, though, when we were doing some research, uh, I did watch the uh, the Weather Channel commercial you did. Oh, yeah. Um, the parkour one. That's actually pretty fun. I never even saw that before. I mean, I got to admit, I don't watch the Weather Channel as much as I do now, like as I did 20, 20 years ago. But it's that was funny. Yeah, it was cool. I When, I, when they reached out to me, uh, I didn't even know. <clears throat> I didn't know the first thing. I think, you know, I... I learned so much from that experience. Uh, it was fun. Three days in, in Georgia, um, scouting locations to do the parkour to uh, the very end, being on top of a roof, getting yelled at by security because we apparently weren't allowed to be up there, but nobody, uh, I don't even know. It was, it was a cool experience. It was fun. Got to work with some amazing people. Um, and I would love to do it again. I mean, I... I had this opportunity come up. It was, uh, I, I think it's on YouTube. I think there's a YouTube series called like, what if Have you guys heard about that? I think so. Yeah. Um, I was pitched to be the host of that show. Um, probably four or five years ago before it became anything, they were going to be pitching it to networks, trying to get it to be on air. And they wanted to be meteorologist me as the host slash meteorologist. And I totally blew it. I'm going to tell you right now, it was all <laughs> me. I was still, 
very inexperienced. It must have been more like five or six years ago. Yeah. And I just asked way too many questions. I think I just turned them off. They were like, yeah, he sounds like a, a, a good rookie here. I don't know if we want to take this chance. So, uh, but it's on YouTube now. I've, I've seen a bunch of it. Um, and it looks really cool. I mean, who knows? You know, the, the future of Joe Morowski. Is it Ninja Warrior? Is it hosting? Is it still, you know, managing the gym I'm at? Well, that's a good segue. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, uh, Joe. I mean, because, you know, obviously you're focusing mostly on, on Ninja Warrior, um, but you also have what's called uh, the Ninja Academy in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, I think about three years ago, I got the opportunity to work at the gym in Stanford. Um, and, you know, it's just an amazing gym. Ninja Warrior has grown so much. You know, when I started, there were no gyms anywhere, anywhere. And now there are gyms, literally multiple gyms per, per state, 10s, 20s, 30s, you know, there's tons of them. Um, so Stanford kind of came along and I had an opportunity to kind of grow with the, the business, kind of make my way up the ladder. And, and I'm actually, uh, we're in the process of making me franchise owner of the entire company. So um, I'll be able to open new franchises of the, the Ninja Academies around the, the country, around the world, hopefully. And um, it's great. You know, it's something I've always wanted to do. It really, it really has been, um, you know, it's just a interesting opportunity kind of, it fell into my lap and, um, franchise owner soon to be. And, but in the meantime, managing the gym in Stanford, Stanford Ninja Academy. Uh, and it's great because to be at the place that I need to work out, you know, it's, it's just a win-win I'm getting paid to work out and to train people and to do what I love. And, uh, and the question really is, how long can I keep it up for? I was going to say, I mean, you're like free advertisement for the whole place <laughs> every week. Well, you know, I'm 33 years old too, so it, I'm not getting younger. And that's another reason why I decided I was going to stick with Ninja, stick with being, you know, managing a gym. And while I could step away and kind of do what I used to do, I used to just travel the country for special events and I would work twice, you know, twice in a month. And, I, you know, I'd be able to survive. But that, that just isn't feasible. That's kind of like how Mike, uh, Mike works at Weatherworks. He's about twice a month. That's what? what? <laughs> he's, 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 he's crazy. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. I'm always here every day. <laughs> you know, he, he always calls me on the phone and he just said, hey, what are you doing anyway? Um, but he uh, usually starts the conversation every day like that. Um, but I am here. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's great that, while you're young, you know, take advantage of, you know, still being able to do those things um, with Ninja Warrior. I think that's great. And you always have a backup plan. You could always be a meteorologist uh, if you ever want to do that again, right? Sure. I'm, you know, there's a ton of <laughs> options. And now, especially nowadays with all the um, social media or just the internet in, in general. Like, for example, I have, I don't know why I bought this, but... I figured as a meteorologist, something we just need to have. But I got a green screen right here. I haven't opened oh, there it you yet. Go. But, well, you know, it's if I wanted to do my own broadcast right here at home, you know, like it's just something you could. That... There's, there's a lot of freelance meteorologists out there now that do their weather hits and everything right from their garage or wherever they built their own in home studio. And, and they just, you know, take control for the three, four minutes of weather for, for weather. And, and that's it. I mean, it's it's amazing where we've come to, uh, you know, based on, you know, just 15, 20 years ago with TV. I know. And with TV kind of declining to a little bit with the with all the other like live streaming and all this other stuff, it's hard. You know, the even our ratings on the show have dropped. Uh, but, you know, you see other things like Peacock TV and all these other things that are streaming Ninja. You see the viewership go up. So is it really are the ratings really lower? Well, yeah, maybe on TV, but or other places to watch it. So it's tough. Yeah, people may be watching it on their own time too. I mean, you know, that, that seems to be, you know, the way things are going at least uh, from the, the television side of things. Um, but moving ahead, Joe, I mean, how long do you see yourself doing Ninja Warrior? As long as you can? Or uh, do you have a certain goal in mind? Or Is there a senior circuit? Like when you get past like 50 or something? <laughs> Masters level? I think, I think in 40... Uh, in a lot of the leagues that we're in at 40, it's the master's division, which is okay. terrifying to hear because to be a master at Ooh. 40, it just so unnerving. I, I just don't like it. Um, well, but 
you know, the future of Joe Morofsky on Ninja Warrior, that is like the biggest question. And, you know, after this season that, that pretty much, uh, you know, everything that's gone on this season, I mean, we had the Vegas finals. Um, I was out there for the Vegas finals this year and, uh, wife caught COVID. No. Or the sideline and <laughs> uh. disqualified me from the show. It's like, you know, it's crazy. Just crazy. And I remember, you know, when that happened, I was like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Like, I, I just oh, I think wow. this is why this happened. I, I think I'm done. I'm going to walk away from this sport and I'll just do, I, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll keep doing Ninja, I think, but not, I, I don't know. And I just, I think I was ready to pack it in. Oh, you can't let that beat you. Come on. <laughs> I had a few weeks, I had a few weeks go by and. I just realized I can't walk away. Like I, I'm one of the most consistent, if not, if not the most consistent ninja on the show in history. And it's like, right. If anyone's got the best shot to do it, it's gotta be me. And I know, I know I've wasted a ton of opportunities, yeah, I'd say but so. wow. every failure I've had has made me stronger. Everyone, because I learned from my mistakes. I'm not sure. Very rarely. will I'm very rarely. Will I make the same mistake? Make, <laughs> Very rarely will I make the same mistake twice. And while it has happened, it doesn't happen often. And I don't think it's ever even happened on the show. Like, sure, it's happened in local competitions, but I, I take those, I don't take those competitions the same. You know, I just, they're not the same to me. Um, on the show, <clears throat> the only other time I've ever fallen the same obstacle twice was in the same season in Vegas, they had an obstacle. It was a rock climbing route, and it was an inverted wall. So I was climbing on the wall like this. It was hard, and I, you know, it was my second season on the show, and I fell on it in the in the regular competition. And then the next night, I was selected for Team USA, and I competed against other countries. And I was on the same obstacle, and I'm not going to get stronger in one day. So unfortunately, I fell on it again. But so there's, in terms of like making a technical mistake, I don't think I've ever. On the show, I've never made the same mistake twice. But to have a strength-related issue, I mean, what are you going to do about that? Um, but that, you know, that's been the the hardest part is do I do I come back for another season? And I haven't really told anybody yet, but I could tell you guys right now that I will not be retiring. I will be back. I will be back for another season, at least another. Because it's just too hard to to walk away at the top, and, and I know I might All not right. be at the top, but I'm among the top. Go, I know that, and I just have to keep working. I just got to keep working. It's you know, and you'll probably know as you're, as an individual when you hit that part where I just probably can't do it anymore, or you'll you know, it's like any any prospective sport and, and a superstar just. I just can't do it anymore. I just don't feel as though I can win it. But if I'm to that point, I might as well keep trying. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm happy you made that decision because I I, I wouldn't want to see something like you know the COVID situation that you were frustrated yeah. by you know just shut you down like you know come back give it a get give it another good shot then leave on your own terms when when you feel like it's time to you know retire from the sport. All right, well, Joe, uh, any final words of wisdom, quotes, inspiration that you followed, you know, maybe just successful to you up to this point? Oh, well, anybody that's listening, um, something I, that, you know, kind of got me to where I am today. It's two quotes, um, one of which I, I've been told that is not a Winston Churchill quote, Winston Churchill quote, but um, I'm just going to say it is anyway. It was the never, never, never give up. Um, apparently, that's somebody being a stickler out there, like messaged me on Twitter. They're like, Hey, that's actually not his quote. It's, it was misquoted somewhere. I was like, you know what? It's quoted like that everywhere. Right. So everyone misquotes him, I guess, <laughs> but it's fine. Never, never give up. Never, never, never give up. And, um, something that helped me get to where I am today, uh, is train until your idols become your rivals. And I love that. I love that so much because it's just, it's so fitting. You know, you're, you're watching people on TV, you're watching them do their professional sport. Whether, whether it's basketball, baseball, ninja, whatever it is. Yeah. They're your right. idols. They're somebody, because it happened to me too. I remember I got the first time in Vegas. I see all these guys that I look up to. And now here I am competing against them. And that's the moment. That's the shift where you're like, wow, here I am. Kind of like me and Mike. M Mike's my idol. I want, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like him. Oh, really? Who doesn't? <laughs> 
Oh, wait, I'm older than you, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, wait, where, where are we going with this? Anyway, this is, this is kind of strange. But, but uh, no, well, I, I I really like that quote. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. If you were looking up somebody and now you're eye to eye, I mean, that's got to be, you know, something that's priceless, basically. I think that wraps it up for the show, uh, Joe. And uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming out and, uh, you know, being on the Weather Lounge. I thought this was great, you know, really good conversation. Yeah, this was this was great to have you on. Is there any uh, last things, any new events coming up for you that, are, that you'd want to tell our audience about? Um, I mean, we just got through a bunch of events, so nothing really big for you know for people to come out and watch uh, until probably later in the year or early early next year but um you know if you want to get those updates you can just go to my web well you can go to my social media that's probably the best place to find any updates joe morofsky is the social media handle across the board you want to find me on tiktok or instagram twitter facebook it's just at joe morofsky super simple same thing with the website joe <laughs> Gotta keep it simple for the, the folks at home. Perfect. Uh, and then, of course, if you are local and you want to come by the gym, uh, you know, we have adult training. So you too. Yeah. You know what that means. Next time you're in Connecticut, Monday through Thursday uh, in the evenings uh, through the fall, it'll be probably 730 to nine o'clock uh, through the fall. So come down or just check us out online, StanfordNinja.com. I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time I visit my sister-in-law better. in Connecticut. He lives in Avon. And so. then we'll hit the, uh, the, um, the golf course. <laughs> yeah, there you go, for sure. So, well, I, I think that amount about uh, covers it here for the show. If you want to see Joe on TikTok, he'll do all kinds of TikTok trends, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember, we'll have a new podcast every two weeks here on the Weather Lounge. And also, please rate the podcast that helps push our show forward. And don't forget to visit us on weatherworksinc.com and also on all our social media channels.